Octane Fuel Your Fire podcast is brought to you by Gatorade Endurance and the DFW Tri Club. Go to dfwtriclub.com and dfwtriclub.com slash calendar to choose from over 1,000 coached workouts every year. Sign up today at DFW Tri Club. And we are also brought to you by Gatorade Endurance. Anyone can go the extra mile. Gatorade Endurance is for the people who want to go the extra five miles. It's got more carbs, calories, and electrolytes to help meet endurance athletes' needs. It's going to be the on-site nutrition for Ironman for the next three years. Available at specialty retail stores at fuelbelt.com and at Amazon. So go out and try some Gatorade Endurance. Episode 14, I'm here with Mike Sexton again. Howdy. And uh, we are going to decompose and deconstruct what happened at Ironman 70.3 California on Saturday uh, with yours truly. So uh, the point of this this uh, episode is uh, a couple things from my perspective, and I'll let Mike add color to this at the end of what I'm about to say. But number one, uh, it's really to get a point across that Every time you do one of these races, whether it's an Ironman or a sprint or a 5K or whatever, there's something that you can learn from it. And um, there's a lot of things that I learned uh, Saturday. There's more that I'm learning today from having a discussion with Mike this morning about it. Um, so the reason I'm doing it is so that I can we can pass some of those learnings on to you guys um, and you can hear... Uh, Mike, as the coach in this particular scenario, how he kind of looks at things, questions he asks me as the athlete, uh, and these are things that you should ask yourself or you should go over with your coaches um, after you get done with the race. Now, Oceanside didn't go like I wanted it to go. Uh, There were lots of issues. I did finish, um, and I'm happy about it. It's not my A race, um, so... I won't make any excuses about performance or anything like that. I told Mike this morning I won't I won't do that. It's just not I'm just not wired that way. But we'll talk about reasons for things, and Mike will give me uh, a little bit of information about how he might have looked at things differently and had me do things differently. So again, the point is is just to make sure you guys understand. Number one, there's lots of things you can learn from these things, and number two, how you go about analyzing these things so you can learn. So anything to add to that? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think you know. I, one thing I want to caution everyone on is making generalizations based on my statements as a coach. Um, I'm coming in not being Dave's coach, knowing him as a colleague and a friend, but not as an athlete. Um, I didn't train him. I didn't uh, set his plan together. I didn't do any of that stuff. I'm just kind of objectively looking at what his data files show and just our conversation. So some of these things may or may not apply to everyone. So it may be a little bit uh, different, but um, hopefully we'll have some good general thoughts that will uh, help everyone with their future races. Yeah, and we're not, uh, you know, Mike, Mike may, ch- may, may disagree with me here, but, you know, this isn't in, this isn't in any way uh, a conversation about my coach, Raul, who is a great coach and is a friend of both of ours. So yeah. this is about, again, um, helping you guys understand what, how you can look at these things and take learning so that you can improve. Um, because if you just go out there and race, you don't have your best day, and you don't go back and look at it uh, and try to make improvements on it, then you know you're not doing yourself any good. You know you're just gonna 
keep training, keep training. You're not you're going to go out there and do it again. You're probably not going to get much better. So. Well, the the worst races are the best races. I yeah. mean, they really that's where you learn everything. I mean, it's it's the it's it's a race when you go in there and you're pushing 400 watts and can't get any faster than 10 miles an hour and you look down and your brakes on. You know, you should've, <laughs> I should have thought about that. My that brake pad sitting next to the the wheel there. So yeah, um, you know, those are the things. Those are the mistakes you want to make in your in your training day races, not in your a race. So that's you know, there's a lot of really good stuff I think that you're gonna pull from this. So yeah, for sure. So um, I you know we didn't even talk about how you want to get started. So I'll just tell you how. Um, the lead up to the race went. You start there, maybe. Okay, yeah, let's do it. Um, so I got out there Wednesday. Plenty of time in advance. I usually go out there Thursday. This is the third time I've done this race. So I usually go out Thursday, but we had our house on the beach for Wednesday. So paying for it, so I figured why not go out there early. <laughs> and I did. Um, just got settled in Wednesday. Didn't do much travel. Uh, met up with some friends that we were staying with. Um, a couple guys from here that went out there and raced with us. Um, and then uh, we got up Thursday. Um, Junior say I was there. Oh yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, <laughs> Mike got a text from me. If you don't follow me on Twitter, you probably haven't seen this yet. But um, the house that we rented is literally the house that Junior Seau, uh committed suicide in, and which was interesting. Which is dark, but yeah, it was horribly just, dark. It probably yeah. what ruined your race. If I were no, to guess. Yeah, and 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 uh, you know, of course, you learn that, and then it, the the address is six oh four. Uh, the Strand, Oceanside, California. You can actually Google it, and it, it'll tell you. But then we start all. We all start Googling it once we learn it. And you know, we found out he did it in one of the guest bedrooms, and I'm sleeping in one of the guest bedrooms. So, you know, Lawrence is downstairs in the guest bedrooms, and he told me one night, like it was, I think it was Thursday night. He's like, I couldn't sleep, man. I was trying to figure out where in the room that, that happened. But not to not, laugh at suicide. Yeah, I mean, no, I put uh, it on. I put it on Twitter, and one of the, my Twitter goes to Facebook, and some lady from San Diego, I don't even know, you know, told me that I shouldn't be joking about these things, and I, I mean, it's true. It's true. Maybe I shouldn't be joking about it, but it was just a. It was an interesting fact. Yeah. Nonetheless. Yeah, it's just random. Anyway, so Thursday I got up. Uh, my bike was there. We can go pick it up. So we all went and picked up our bikes, and um, you know, a little bit about my bike. So I just got a new bike. And uh, finally, have a tri bike. Yeah, have a nice. tri. Yeah, Mike's been giving me um, crap for a couple years now because I used to ride a Speed Concept, which is technically a time trial bike and not a not a triathlon bike. But anyway, I do have a tri bike. I, I bought a Guru. Uh, really nice bike. But the problem is, is I got it um, literally the day that it had to be dropped off to tri bike transport. So I never rode the bike outside. I rode it on a trainer for about thirty minutes before I had to drop it off and. That's all she wrote. And there's, you know, reasons for that. Guru was a little late delivering it. Paint gave him some problems. It's a beautiful bike, so in the end, it's worth it. But um, we had a little trouble getting the bike dialed in. The power meter was giving us some issues. More on that later. Finally got all, all that settled down and got it off to Tribike Transport. So I pick, it, I pick up the bike on Thursday. We go for a little ride. Power meter won't work. I got to get that fixed. Get it fixed. Do a little run. Um, that pretty much sums up Thursday. Um, Friday, we get up, we go for another ride, test it out. Power meter's working just fine. Um, do a little swim in the ocean, which um, at the end of, I didn't sight very well coming back in. We were in the ocean. Mm -hmm. Another pretty funny story. I'm going to bag on Lawrence Arnold here. Um, he so deserves me, to be bagged on if anybody Oh, does. my God. Yeah. 
Especially after you hear this story. <laughs> Chaz, who swims like a fish, you know yeah, this because yeah. you coach him, right? So Chaz and I and Lawrence, I take them to the to the um, Carlsbad Lagoon to fit to swim to fish to <laughs> swim, and uh, we get kicked out. No swimming; it's against the law, which is all BS. It's just they were about to put jet skis in the water, and they didn't want us out there with them. Um, so we end up going back to the house and just swimming in the ocean, which is totally different than the harbor swim that we're going to be. But we wanted to get in the water. So get in the water, we go, I don't know, 150, 200 yards out. Waves are kicking up. Like at one point, Lawrence said, we're going back. Like, we're not going to mess with this. This is not reality for us anyway. Right. But then they kind of flattened out. So we went out there and we just said, hey. And I was, I was actually the one that did this to myself. I was like, look, they're gone. So like we all three just call ass out there. So we get out there, like I said, a couple hundred yards maybe, and we turn back to come back. And when you when you swim in from the ocean, you need to sight backwards so you can see where the wave is. Right. Um, and Genius over here forgets to do that, and I get taken down by this colossal <laughs> wave. And Lawrence is like five five to ten feet away from me, and like he said he saw my feet and my head twice. <laughs> And he's, I get, a, I finally come up from the water. The most terrifying thing ever because it's all dark. You can't see anything. You obviously have no, you can't breathe. I finally like get above the water and he's laughing at me. Oh. Did like, he at least say, are you all right first? Because you know yeah. you're supposed to. He goes, okay? oh, he goes, I had you. I saw that I had my, <laughs> I, had, I, I got a, a, I took a pink Maryland cap. Uh huh. Super bright. And I just like pink anyway. And he's like, I saw the, I saw the cap like twice. I knew, I knew where you were the <laughs> twice. whole time. Yeah, I knew where you were the whole time. I had you, but he's laughing at me, like you son of a bitch, man. I almost <laughs> died. It was terrifying. But anyway, so we got our, we got our swim out of the way on on Thursday, um, no Friday. Um, so that was good. We go, we get off our feet. Um, you know, again, everything seems to be in order. We go up to the room. We start getting our bags together. Um, so everything is good to go there. So we kind of turned down for the night. Next day is race day. We get up. Um, I got up about four in the morning, got my normal race day breakfast, which is just something I know works and it's got a lot of calories in it. So I basically just have two Eggo waffles with peanut butter and banana and a a yogurt, water and a drink, whatever. And, uh, we basically leave to go down to transition and, um, you know, in at a, an oceanside, you don't have to turn your bike in. You can on Friday if you want, but we just rode them down there. Um, so we get in there, and you know, we get there in plenty of time. Uh, we were all set up, kind of ha- hanging out, and Lawrence and I's waves were uh, late. Like we were there, the race started at six thirty. It's when the pros went in. We didn't go till like seven forty. Okay. So uh, took in some nutrition. Right before the water, um, Lawrence went off. His wave went right before mine, and I went off. Um, then the hay, the, uh, it's not really a, it's not really smog, but it was like um, kind of hazy that morning. So the haze kind of came over, but it, going out it was fine. Once you turn that first turn buoy, it got kind of cloud. It was really cloudy and hard to see. And that was the first time that my sighting, my sighting was garbage, like the whole, the whole swim. And Mike actually looked at my file and he's like, yeah, it looks, I made the joke. It looks like you took the letter Z and just sort of <laughs> laid it out to where the ends touched the whole way. It's, it was a, it was a terrible, terrible job on my part of, of sighting. 
But you did an Iron Man swim and a half Iron Man, so that's I mean that's impressive. Yeah, a lot of people can't do yeah, that. It wasn't so. quite two point four <laughs> miles, but I swam a a healthy two tenths of a mile longer than I should have. Um, so, you know, and, and Mike, you made some good points about that kind of a swim that I think is one of the lessons that we learn, right? That yeah, I mean, when you swim that way, uh, you said it right before we got we started recording. Um, and I won't steal it from you, but basically you said you highlight there's a high level of likelihood that you swim. You basically turn that half Ironman swim into an interval swim. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, so it, and this goes back to being able to look at files. And so for all you people that are so hardcore purists that you don't wear a heart rate monitor and you go by a feel, that's great, grand, and wonderful. But if you have a bad race and you don't know why, that's where the data comes in. Um, and for you, it's going to be good. Number one, you haven't done an open water race since Maryland, which was right. October last year, yeah? Mm-hmm. September. So, September, yeah. yeah. So, we're looking at, you know, several months. And then, you also haven't really done a lot of open water swimming since then, other than no. the uh, attack of the killer wave. Yeah, so, the wave that got me, and then yeah. I was out 10 minutes later. So. <laughs> yeah. So, in general, you know, that's, uh, it's hard because in Texas... It's cold. It's, you know, we had snow on the ground three weeks ago. You know, what are you yeah. going to do, right? So it's hard, but that's that's part of it. Um, I think that's going to be another, you know, don't do something new on race day type thing, including the race part. Yeah. You know right. what I mean? That's, don't do uh, something new, including swimming in open water. Yeah, for the very first time in a long time. So I think that also had a lot to do with it. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you look at your speeds throughout based on the, the, the file. You were going... I mean, you had a couple where you're doing like 110 pace on a, for 100 meters or 100 yards, which that you're not a 110 swimmer on, you know, no. normal days. No. And they would go 110 to 205 to 110 to 205 to 59 to 205. I mean, so you were just so inconsistent on that speed. And it's one thing if it looked like you were trying to catch somebody for a draft or something like yeah, that. No. And how'd that go? I mean, how did your drafting go? Did you find anybody? or? So, one thing I didn't tell you because it's not, I mean, it happens at a lot of these things is... Remember we had the conversation about Canada, and you said, don't wait to go out. Go yeah. out first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hitch a ride on the fast guys. Don't yep. wait and swim with the rest of the slow guys. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I, you know, I believe it or not, I listen every once in a while. <laughs> so I got right up there, and I was probably, you know, 10 feet from the inside buoy. So you, the buoy's on the left. Right. And I was on the line. So... I went out with them. Now, the danger you put yourself in is you will get kicked. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, at the beginning, I did get kicked, like, right. pretty good. And so, um, it kind of slowed me down at first, and then I was, you know, you, and you get a little discombobulated, mm. kind of recover. And then what I was trying to do is just, you know, my my thing about drafting is if you get too caught up in trying to draft, you'll go too hard trying to keep a draft, right? Mm-hmm. Kind of what you just said. So I'll hook, hitch a ride as long as I can, and I'll just wait because um, there's waves behind me. Right. And there's going to be minute, right. hundred swimmers coming. So I'll just hitch rides as they come by. Right. But the minute the army swimming started, where I'm to, to play on army golf, right. I, the, right. minute, the minute the army left, swimming right, came, left, left right, right, yeah. Um, man, there's nobody to draft off of when you're inside the buoys. Right. right. So every time I did that, which was often, I lost. You know, I'm on my own. So. I mean, I would give myself a solid C minus on drafting just because I didn't give myself an opportunity to draft as much as I should have had I been sighting better. So, you know, the the good thing is is we'll be we'll be in the open water on Saturday. Right. Um, I've got athletes that are going to getting ready for Galveston, and I'll be in there with them. So, right. 
you know. Well, you know, and part of that, Dave, is is your your drafting would have been better and your citing would have been better if you'd have used both together. I mean, right. you wouldn't have to cite the guy next to you is going to be meerkat next to you while you're yeah. staying on his hip. Yeah. Um, I think another part is, honestly, this is the hardest part for every athlete on earth to get their mind around. You know what? Then you wait and you get with the slow guys. If nothing else... You're gonna save energy that yeah, you can you use save, for the bike right, or for the you run. Save effort, and yeah. I and, and I mean, even if it means you'll come in at the same time, but you come in thirty to forty percent less yeah. energy wasted. Yeah. I mean, you know, this is it's 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 counterintuitive to racing. And as right. soon as I, I mean, as soon as you say race, everybody out there in the podcast world's heart rate just went up ten beats right. because I said the word race. And so when you're out there, it, it doesn't make sense. I could I could slow down. But slowing down and racing, those don't yeah. work. They're oxymorons, right? It's, so it's funny because this is not going to be the first time we talk about. No, this of course not. As soon as not. we talk about the bike, we're going to have the same. Yeah, thing. exactly. And it, and the, and the, and it is even, each time it's more and more critical to the the outcome of the ent- entire race. Right, right. You know, you come out in the swim, you come out hard, you come out below threshold. I mean, or above threshold pace, and you push and push and push, so that you can get that good draft, so that you're going at your normal pace. With somebody swimming, you know, 10, 20, 30 seconds faster than you can. Right. Um, that's the goal. That's the that that's the strategy. Um, it's not to get in a fight or to swim by yourself. And that's, you know. Um, so th- they're one and the same. Your sighting sucked because you weren't drafting. Right. You know. Yeah. So, that's true. You hitch the right ride and you don't have to, you have to worry about the sighting as much. Well, if you, it, even, it doesn't even matter if you hitch the right ride. If you hitch a ride, someone is going to be sighting. Yeah. If one of you, one of you have got to sight and I'm pretty sure it's not going to be the guy that's being drafted on, you yeah. know. So that's but that's that's the first thing I saw in, in in this conversation that was like oh goodness gracious yeah you you were I bet you you didn't have heart rate on but if you had I mean we would have been yeah I have but you know doing the work right yeah there, yeah so. yeah so I don't you asked me a question about heart rate out of out of uh, in T one and uh, you know when you put that Garmin in transition it doesn't really right. give you any data so I don't right. know what that was but I don't what I'll tell you is. Um, and I don't know how much we can trust my quote unquote feel because we're going to talk about the bike in a minute, which right. I got to ride by feel. Yeah. And we, we've learned about your feel, Dave. Yeah. It, my feel is, is, uh, maybe not as good as I You have no feelings. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I came out feeling pretty good out of the water. Yeah. Like I, you know, I looked at my watch and saw the time and I'm, I was like, this is unbelievable. I can't believe I just swam a 50 or whatever the hell right. it was. So a year ago I'd swam a 44 and that was slow. Right. And I, I generally sl- swim these things slow because I don't want to burn any f- any matches in the water, but right. I'm not that slow. Anyway, so I get in T1, and I take in some water, get the salt out of my mouth, right. uh, just take it in, spit it out, and then take some water in just to hydrate a little bit. And I get on the bike, I just grab the bike, and I go, you know, like you should. I get out, uh, mount, get on the mount line, uh, I turn the Garmin on in, in T1 while I'm putting my shoes and stuff on. So Garmin comes up, I get up on the mountain line, I hit, I hit go on the Garmin, and um, and my power numbers aren't showing up. So, you know, it's kind of why I told you the long story, you guys, the long story a second ago about messing with the power at the shop, messing with the power when I got to Oceanside. Well, power wasn't working. My entire bike leg race strategy was based on um, a metric called normalized power which is kind of like an average power, but it's taken over time and it takes into consideration like course undulation and things like that. So without power, um, kind of resolved to riding my heart rate. It's not ideal. And a learning here guys is, 
uh, and something I'm talking to my athletes about like this week, like right now, in your training, pay attention to your efforts, your rate of perceived exertion, your, your heart rate. Even if you have power, pay attention to all those metrics because you should be able to kind of map them together in a sense fairly accurately in your mind. And frankly, I, I didn't. Like my RPE, my rate of perceived exertion was different than I had felt on the bike, on the trainer and during training. Again, one of the learnings is make sure that you're not so dependent upon any one metric or any of this technology because to use a Davism, it can go tits up on you in a hurry. (laughs) And and, um, it happens a lot to me, by the way. You know, I had, I did uh, three Ironman branded races last year, uh, four. Uh, two halves and two and 1.9 fulls and my gar my Garmin made it my Garmin watch made it through one of those races so without having an issue so don't be so dependent upon it is learning if you are riding based on power it's great it's a great thing to have we just talked about it last podcast and I'm I can't wait to get my power meter back <laughs> but uh, you can't you can't be so dependent upon it that you can't have a successful race without it. I think is what I learned from from not having it. Mike, let's talk about some of the stuff you asked me about that since I kind of laid that narrative out there. But um, you asked me, what did I use, right? Right. And so I, you know, I used heart rate. And you looked at the file. What did you find? So looking at your heart rate file, it was um, it was interesting because as you, you – know, and everybody, if you don't know the course, there, there's a couple of pretty substantial hills and whatnot. Um, but the first part of the ride is pretty pretty flat. Um, little little rollers, but nothing crazy. Um, but one of the things I noticed was your heart rate seemed to be relative to what your zones were, what you told me your zones were, seemed to be high. So if you're doing the one, two, three, four, five zone, and you know three to four is where your threshold is, you were in zone three a ma- majority of the race. And actually, by the Joe Friel method, it's you were in zone four for a majority of the race, which. All stands to reason, if you look at your heart rate, it kind of rolled along, rolled along, rolled along, rolled along, and then about an hour 20 in, when you hit your first hill, you shot up to, you know, way into your zone five. Well, not way, but into your zone it five. One, it was in the 168s or something. Yeah, yeah, and you shot into one, zone five, and then from that point on, you stayed almost zone, I guess, zone five by the standard I had in, but by right. your zones, you were still top of zone three. I was above threshold. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, well, so what was interesting to me is it stayed there. And your power, and, and then there's, they're not the exact same, but they're relative, relatively the same geography at the beginning of the race and at the end of the race. And if you put them together, your speed was markedly slower on the back end, which is normal, but your heart rate was markedly higher. So it should, it, they should be parallel lines or pretty close right. if you put them lay, overlay them, and they weren't. And so part of that was, in my opinion, was that you were burning so much carbohydrate and just like flying through it. And you were, and I mean, looking at your data and, and, and looking at your hydration schedule, you were bringing in enough calories, but I think you were running a deficit and kind of bouncing back and forth. And by the time you got to the run, it didn't matter. You could have eaten, yeah. you know, Legos and gummy bears. It would have been, I mean, it, right. nothing was going to save that run is what right. I, I guess along the right. short of it was. But I think also when you couple that with the, the swim, which was a 50 minute speed interval workout. So you're burning carb the whole time. So you're through, you're through, Whatever you had for breakfast is gone. You're not tapered into this race. You said it wasn't an A race, so you probably came in at really low, you know, glycogen storage anyway. So yeah, we. You, there, I, mean, I mean, we could go through this all day long, but yeah, this, like I said, the, just so you guys know, I 
Rahu had tapered me, but it was we're talking days, not yeah. the normal. No, you know, it's usually a two week taper into a half distance race. So, um, at least for me, but it wasn't that a race. It was more of a, uh, a well, what Raul told me was we turned it into a, a, a good training day. But well, I think um, I think you weren't tapered. I think you were recovered. Yeah, does I that was make sense? Recovered for sure. You weren't you weren't tapering into this race. You were recovering. Yeah, I into felt this race. I felt pretty good going into the race for well, sure. But I didn't feel tapered. Like well, I know and, what that feels. And like. and to your point earlier about going by feel and whatnot, that's the there there is a caveat because if you let's say iron distance racing or, or long course racing, you're doing these typically. If you're average Joe, you're doing these huge volumes, right? And you're always doing huge volumes, and you right. always feel beat up and like shit. Well, then right. you spend two weeks where you don't do that, and your body finally recovers and feels great. Those zones don't matter anymore. Right. Like the, the RPE doesn't exist because you don't. You're, it's not relative anymore. Yeah. So on the race day, you're Michael Phelps, you're Lance Armstrong, and you're Usain Bolt, right? Yeah. But in reality, you're still <laughs> Larry yeah, Moe and Curly, exactly. like I said before. Yeah. And, I, and so I think that's the other part where, though I agree, you need to have an idea what pacing feels like. Man, when you're tapered and everything is right, as far as that side goes, it's hard to gauge right. that because no, you feel a, a hell of a lot better than you actually are. It's a good point. Yeah, it's a, it's a really good point. If you're fully rested and stocked up, then... Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, in terms of the hydration and the fueling stuff, we should probably talk about that a little bit, Mike. But as you said, you know, I use liquid nutrition. Uh, I went to that after Canada last year and it works for me. Um, I used a mixture of uh, a product called CarboPro, um, which is a powder form of carbohydrate. It's tasteless and flavorless, so you can mix it with pretty much anything. It's good stuff. It's about 100 calories per scoop, so it goes a long way. And I mixed that with Gatorade Endurance Formula, which has um, a little bit of calories, about 80 calories a scoop. Um, but it has a lot of electrolytes in it, salt, um, potassium, those kinds of things. Um, and I, so I, my goal was to go through the two bottles I had behind me, which is 900 total calories on the bike, which is, um, about what I had trained with. I could have had more probably, but, um, that plus, uh, about two and a half of my, um, my X lab, whatever that, I think it's 24 ounce bottle. I had about two and a half of those. Right. And when I grab a bottle from the aid station, I'd fill it, I'd right. top it off and then drink whatever's left, spray it down right. and throw it. So. I'm just guessing on the water, but I'm pretty sure I had about that much. Salt-wise, which is something we discussed, um, I had about 780 milligrams of salt per hour. Um, and I used the Gator Lights, but any salt, um, as long as it's, you know, not table salt. Uh, any salt will do, um, but... Well, table salt works, too. That's true. I mean, it's, it's yeah, just salt. It's the same. But. Yeah, I I put the Gator Lights in capsules and take those, and um, I I so I probably was light on salt. Um, we kind of learned, uh, especially given the fact that I'm a big guy and I sweat a lot, so I probably needed more salt. So I'll change that up as as well. So that's a learning. So that's kind of the nutrition aspect of it. anything else on the bike. Well, I think you know this is. Specifically on long course racing, unless you're going to win the race or you're in the hunt for the race or whatever the case may be, um, this is for everybody out again in podcast world. It is better and smarter to go to the lower end of your threshold zones, whatever you're using, yeah. than to stay closer to the higher end. And one of the things that I, I was looking at his file and I, and I asked him, when was the last time he had his zones checked? 
And he said three months ago. Now, again, I have no idea how much volume he's had. I don't know if he's been doing – he's been doing mostly endurance training. Mm-hmm. So his efficiency's up. And one of the things that looks like that possibly could have happened was that his zone shifted. And if his zone – your zone shift, I mean, they do that. If you're doing a lot of long, slow stuff, your heart rate's going to get more efficient. Your, your zone should shift down. If you're doing a lot more speed work, it does the other way. So, you know – Everyone's different. Everyone's relative. I mean, it could have yeah. moved five, but if it moved five, then you were in zone four the whole time. Right. And if you were in zone four the whole time, th- th- I mean, nobody. I mean, even you know who who for for Dino didn't wasn't in zone four the whole time. Right. He was in zone three at most. You yeah. know, yeah. so uh, maybe when he got to the running, which is zone four, but that's because he could hold that. You yeah. know, especially Anyways. for that distance. Yeah, yeah. So I think to simplify what you just said, and if I heard you correctly, it's you know. Long course racing is really about um, dialing in the efforts on the swim and the bike right. so you can run effectively. Because right. that's what race happens on the run. Right. Um, and what I did this year, I'm fairly positive of now, is I burned, I did too much in the water, I did too much in the bike, and I didn't have enough left for the run. Which, which is, is the same thing I did for this race two years ago. Right. I just didn't hold back enough. Um, so, put simply, guys, you know, Trent Nix told me this one of the first times I met him. You swim to the bike, you bike to the run, you race on the run. Right. That's how you do a triathlon. Right. So, it's about kind of holding back those efforts on the swim and the bike. Not going slow, but going just fast enough to, you know, keep yourself into the into things and then, and then really putting an effort into the run. Um, and if you're feeling good, then great, but you still have to hold yourself back some. Well, and I think, and this is just a quick sidebar, that doesn't mean you do all running on your training. Because no, if you no. can't get to the run because your bike sucks or your swim sucks, yeah. it doesn't matter how yeah, great a there, runner you are. There are cutoffs for sure. Right? But but I think the other part to that, uh, you know, like, like, I, like you said and like I said, it was when you can stay a little bit more conservative on the bike, you're going you're gonna to get payoffs at the end. I mean, yeah. everybody, and this is everybody that goes through and does their first long course race does exactly the same thing. I mean, mm-hmm. it's that you're you're the rule, not the exception. Except the fact that this is your first long course race, right? But I think you know holding back and staying towards the low end is definitely what's going to help you. I had a client that did the same thing. His heart rate monitor didn't work the first twenty miles. Guess what happened? Got to the run. I mean, yeah. of course he had some restroom issues and stuff like that. But I think part of that was due to just the high level he was holding for the yeah. longest period of time. So, yeah, yeah. and he still did like a five. 30 years right, like right, right. <laughs> well, if he, if he had done it right, he'd probably come in like, like right five, at five. But or five, yeah. So, yeah. So, um, yeah, so that, that's, that's probably about enough on the ride. It was, it was not question. Great. Yeah. You had, you had a, a, a note when I'd asked you about something else about having some restroom issues. Well, digestive of some sort. I, I, I'm, I'm coming to it for a reason. So I want to clarify that while we're, so, while we're here. I want to know more about your bowel movements on the podcast. That's my goal. No, so the the, the bowel movement happened before the before <laughs> I even got to transition. Thank you, thank you for asking. Before you got to T two. No, I didn't have another one until after the race. Oh, thank you. Are you feeling I good? I can't though? believe we're talking about this. We, right we, well, no, this is. Let's important. talk about the PP part of it because I do liquid nutrition, so right. I don't have that other issue. But um, the 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 one thing about liquid nutrition is you have to pee a lot. Okay. Um, and. I could have peed probably twice on the bike, and I held it until um, so I got to transition. Made how you stop drafting, by the way. No one drafts on you when you pee. Yeah, it's true. You pee on the bike, and nobody wants to be behind you. 
and it was windy that day too, so it would it would have got a few people. I did get spit on, by the way, by a girl. What is that all about? She spit left. Why would you spit left? Who spits left anymore? She must have been from England or something. I don't know. She spit left, <laughs> and she's like, she spit on me, and I just went by her and just kind of I laughed, and she goes, "I'm so sorry." It's okay. I just got spit on. And just mix it in with the sweat. Just kind of put the whole day together right there. Yeah, yeah. She spit on me. Who spits left? That's a great question. Um, (laughs) I got off the bike, yeah, and I had to pee like a racehorse, man. And I spent a good amount of time in the Port-a-Loo, as they say. Yeah. Um, But you you have a trick for that, right? Well, so I tell my athletes that are having some trouble because they're taking in so much water, but you also have to take in salt. Salt helps you retain that water. And I think that's a, you know, this is, again, this is stuff you have to test out in the world. I, I sweat huge amounts of liquid. And I had to take in, when I did my Ironman, I had to take in 20, 100 milligram tabs an hour. An hour. I had three big F-off bags full of salt pills. <laughs> 2,000 milligrams and, of and, salt and, and But that's, I mean, the, the, I couldn't find, like, there was some Enduro Shark or something. There was something that had a lot more in it right. that I just couldn't find to save my life. Um, this was before Amazon, I guess. Yeah. Um, God, it's been a while since I've done this whole trap. Time to get back on distance. the bike. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that so but that, but that was that was I mean I didn't have those problems. I still I still had to pee on the bike, but I only had to pee once, and yeah. I just did it on the bike. And well, that's Ironman. If I yeah. if it was Ironman, I would yeah. stop for sure. Yeah. So so I think that's but I think that that's important to know. I mean, there's there are ways to kind of trick your body because you still need the hydration. And again, this is probably another topic for another time. But there's a studies that said, oh, if you lose one percent of your body weight in water, your performance is going to drop by da da da. And then I just saw the study that says that's absolutely BS. But the salt aspect. Salt's a real deal. I mean, you got to yeah. have that. That's how electricity moves through your body. So without salts, you're effed, right? So I think that's one of those big, um, you know, you can overdo salt, obviously, just like you can overdo water and you can underdo everything. Right. But that, that's another way. If you're peeing a lot, add some more salt to the. I mean, it mm-hmm. doesn't have to be a whole bunch. You don't have to add 2,000 milligrams, but. Yeah. No, it's a good point. And I, I didn't know that. So that's another thing I learned today. Um, you're welcome. Yeah, thank you. Thank you, Mike. That payway was on me for lunch. <laughs> um, so yeah, we talked about the we talked about the nutrition. Let's talk about the run because I mean, there's not a hell 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 of a lot to talk about here. Yeah. Um, because uh, I think that this race was done in long before I even got my yeah, running shoes. It, it was on. done one hour and twenty minutes into the bike. <laughs> it was. If you look at the if you look at the look data, at the file. If you look at the file. Everything was going okay until then, and then I think everything just went completely to pear yeah. shape. So. Um, Obviously, I gauged my heart, my effort on the run by heart rate. Um, my plan was to, um, it's a pretty common plan, I think. Um, it's harder than it sounds to do, but the first mile, really, really easy. Get the heart rate kind of baseline, get it down, um, and then kind of step up the effort, sticking in zone two, you know, sort of using more fat as a fuel there. Uh, as long as you can, and then kind of do a checkpoint with 10K left. And if you're feeling good, just go for it. Um, but, you know, I uh, I wasn't feeling it at all on this run, so I never really got to do that checkpoint. Um, one thing I will say, though, is I don't think that the strategy was a bad one. I did walk, and I did have that in my strategy, to walk. They have some pretty steep hills. They're very short, but they you go on and off the strand, it may be 20 yards of total like 
you know, as the crow flies, if you will. But it is a 20% grade or something right. like that. It's steep. So I, I knew I was walking those because right. those are just going to tear me up. Um, and I walked aid stations just because, you know, you just, you graze on your, you get your hydration and your fuel and you make sure you take it in. I ended up walking more than I wanted to, but that was the strategy. Had, had some cramping going on. Definitely could have been, had to do with the salt intake. I have a hangover now. We mm-hmm. talked about that. So obviously uh, dehydration was a factor. Guys, if you come off of these races and you have, uh, if, for those that don't drink, it's just a kind of a faint headache that won't go away no matter how much uh, aspirin you throw at it. That's a dehydration headache, and that is just a really easy way to to tell that you didn't you just didn't get enough hydration in you. But I've had this headache for on and off since Saturday, so uh, it's not fun. Um, so make sure to get that dialed in. And then I got some blisters, which always happens to me. Um, I've never talked about this, I don't think, but I have uh, missing toes on my left foot, and so I have a kind of a wonky way to run. I don't have a really I don't push off my big toe because it's not there. I kind of push off the inside of the foot, and I, for these longer distance runs, I pretty much know it's going to happen, and band-aids fall off, and I just, I basically just use powder, but this one was extra special. It was so special that I saw, I sent a picture of it to Mike. I so. was, I was so proud to see it. And his response, by the way, was, and he knows about my toe, by the way, and his response to my text was, dude, you lost your toe? <laughs> <laughs> Which made me laugh. That was kind of fun. Anyway, so that was kind of the race, and... I mean, I think you guys can get a good flavor for the things that we look for when we look at these race results, and you can see the value of data here. I mean, Mike just basically asked me for my Garmin files and decomposed the race based on that, and uh, I got a lot out of it. Um, Stuff to work on before I'm in Texas, which is six weeks away, Um, and certainly before uh, Chattanooga, which is longer six months away or something in terms of recovery i think it's really important that we talk about this i had somebody ping me on facebook that doesn't have a coach and they just basically ask you know what should they do now because you know if the web plans they give you all the work to do up until the race but they don't tell you what to do after right. and that's i think um another reason why that you gotta you gotta really do some research if you're going to go that direction i don't i don't know what Raul will give me or won't give me but i will tell you that i will not be running this week most likely all i have on there right now is a 30 minute easy spin on the bike and a i think a 30 minute or 40 minute swim um and then my only other plan is to swim in the open water on saturday so in terms of recovery you just want to take it super easy after these things um, you're going to be hungry. Feed yourself. Try to make it good stuff because, you know, I'm, I'm believe it or not, I'm trying to really eat well after this race because I think it'll help me recover faster. Uh, lots of water, obviously. You're, you should not be training. And that's not saying don't get out and move because that's good. Get get blood flowing through the muscles. Oh, yeah. right, Active Mike? recovery is typically a better way to do it unless yeah. you're just completely thrashed. Go for a swim or an easy or an easy uh, spin on the bike, walk your dog, just get up and move, but don't go, you know, don't go doing hill repeats on your bike this week. I mean, that's, that, you'd be a knucklehead if you did that in terms of, you know, coming off of a a long race like this, so. Just read an article about compression today. Yeah, I saw that. Did you read it? I did read it. I, I kind of, that's been, that's been the company line I've been told the whole time. So, so let's, 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 let's talk about it a little bit since we're just kind of, well, so, um, 
I've always been told that, and this is even by the people selling the compression gear, that compression for recovery has been tested and shown to work. Mm-hmm. That I mean, it's, they're basically hospital socks for yeah. CVP people, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um, and so it's it's it. There is some data that says that it, it works, but for a- active use, they typically it showed yeah, no. nothing, mm-hmm. except for the people that believed it worked. Placebo, yeah. the placebo effect. And and you know so you gotta think about what what does it what does it do does it keep blood flowing typically no because the blood is being pumped by the muscle contracting mm-hmm. one of the things I was told a long time ago is that it keeps the muscle in place and keeps it from vibrating as much and so it create doesn't create quite as much heat which leads to fatigue yada 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 that sounds like hooey to me <laughs> well you know I, I actually I don't I don't wear compression except I, for, for recovery purposes and and I and I've seen the value of that you know. So I kind of I kind of buy it. I kind of think that the active active compression is kind of just a way for people to sell more sell sell more because people yeah. will sell. It says it doesn't hurt you, but it doesn't seem to help you either. Yeah, I wear it the day before the race. Yeah, recovery. So I wore I wore it to bed actually. I wear, usually wear it to bed, which is not comfortable, but I don't sleep much. Super anymore. sexy though. Well, slimming yeah. obviously slimming. Well, for me, anything <laughs> compression would be slimming. Look at my tri kit. I wear Spanx to bed, so yeah. <laughs> better than nothing. Um, <laughs> but I wear to go back to compression. I wear it before, and I wear it, I wore it yesterday uh, a little bit. Um, I think whether it's placebo for me or not, I think it's good. I wear it when I run when it's hot because it does wick moisture. I don't that yeah. part I believe in. Right, but. You know, I sweat a lot, and so I I like that part of it. Right. But I don't believe it enhances performance. I especially don't believe it enhances performance from an endurance perspective. With the with the only exception being aerodynamics. Well, and I understand. I, the conversation I had yeah. was with the guy selling right, the compression which is gear, interesting, right? and they're like, "Well, look, we can't really prove anything with the active side, right? But uh, on the recovery side, we have all this data." And so that just I thought that was an interesting article, and in, in, a good in, article in yeah. line with the recovery bit. You know, one thing to keep in mind about recovery is true rest is where you get the best gains, but we don't have time for that. We don't have time to get massages and cryo and boots and, and the, I mean, all these things that we need to do. Or money for that money. Or money. Yeah. Well, you have the money. I, I don't. Please. Randy's um, not here. Yeah. Where's Randy? <laughs> <laughs> Daddy Warbucks. He has a cryo machine in his Apparently house, doesn't he's he? he's working. Yeah. Not <laughs> he on the podcast. Uh, but no, but I think the other part you have to look at is that, um, you know, that that recovery stuff, it, it, it does work. I mean, yeah. it does. Specifically the compression stuff and... And the cryo stuff. Although I did read an article that said that the ice baths are a bit of a myth, which yeah. I just think they Was that suck. The so. ice bath did did. Did, did Mr. Greenfield write that article? I don't know. I want to say he was involved in the proliferation of that article. Ah, see, I didn't. I just read it. A, and he's a cold thermogenesis believer, right? I don't know, dude. Yeah. So I don't. I don't. I think ice baths work. I, I think they, all of these I think they things suck, and that's they why I don't totally like them. suck. But the thing is, is I think all of these things. All help in increments, like yeah. in little bit, little ways, right? Going to cryo is you'll, your body will have an anti-inflammatory right, effect, right? Without taking, which is the goal. I mean, that's right, what we're trying right. to do. And stop you know, the swelling. If if compression promotes blood flow while I'm not exercising, and it gets more blood going through the muscle, whether it's placebo or not, I feel yeah. better doing it, so I'm gonna do it. Yeah, um, I'm, I, I'm taking, on board with it. Take an Advil. That's yeah. an anti-inflammatory, yeah. not the best route, but. Drinking more water, eating right—all these things factor in. All right, what else do we have on this on this 
Dave Oceanside debacle. Yeah, the uh, this is the Dave <laughs> show, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. No, I think I, I think it was good. Uh, I think it was a good learning experience. I think um, it's fun for me as a coach just to kind of get the opportunity to talk to people about their races. Yeah. You know, you always everyone has their oh this is what happened, this is what happened, this is what happened, but. What really happened is completely different. Yeah. You know, oh, you know, I was distracted by my power wasn't working, and no, you you just went too hard. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it actually it's funny because every race pretty much follows the same. You either did exactly what your coach told you to do, or you, you did didn't. the race strategy, whatever that I guess, or you didn't. I mean, there's really very rarely is it. There's the odd exception where well, I went a lot harder on the bike than I thought I should have, or what you told me to. But it it paid. You know that doesn't happen very often. The other point is you have to look at something other than just what was the time. Yeah, because if you get four, if you get four flats on the bike, I mean that could cost you twenty minutes. That's a big deal. Well, if you get four flats on the bike, you don't try to make those four flats up either, because that's going to cost you twenty minutes on the run at least. Yeah. So, so it's just yeah, everything is. Everything's based on on long course racing. Everything is based on less is more. Mm-hmm. I mean, it really just seems like you know. Look, we can have a whole probably podcast on qualifying for Kona. Mm-hmm. That's a whole different animal. But if you're not trying to win the race or trying to qualify, dude, you are you are who you are on race day. Follow those prescriptions. Follow whatever that whatever those rules and zones are, and just stick with it because. Again, you are what you are. You're not. Yeah. You're not going to become a super athlete overnight. So, well, let's uh, let's shift gears for half a second. So, Uh-oh. we got the open water swim coming up. Yeah, marketing. Yeah, right? April eighteenth. April eighteenth. Sandbass yeah. Point Grapevine. Yeah, Grapevine. Hube um, Design. Hube Design for the stepping for the wetsuits. up suits. So they're going to have uh, a fleet of their wetsuits out there. Um, Mike will be running the show out there for the most part. Um, David Bertrand will be there. Myself, Coach Lindsay, a bunch of the coaches, if not all of them. Will yeah, be there's there. a couple that are like one of the in racing, Boston. Yeah, 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 Scott's. Was, I think Scott's racing. Wellman is in Boston, and Scott's in New Orleans. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Aside from that, the other eight of us will be out there. And um, if you're in the area, you know it's definitely something that uh, that you should you should maybe come and check out. Three hundred athletes typically show up. Yeah, it's a sellout event. Um, it's free, by the way. Yeah. For the sellout event. Yeah. Yeah, it's free, but space is limited, of course. That's what I really meant. Safety purposes. Yeah. So we'll have kayaks set up out there. Be plenty of coaches on, on hand. Um, there'll be lots of different uh, sponsors from the club. Will be there. Um, we're actually working on getting a few others to, to maybe come and and uh, provide some freebies out to the athletes that show up. So. If anyone wants to set up a tent, by all means, Mike at dfwtriclub.com, let me know. We'd love to have you. I just stepped on Mike's email address, Mike at dfwtriclub.com. If you, um, you know, want to, want to come out and, and, uh, can add some value to a pretty captive, um, audience of, of motivated endurance athletes. It's a, it's a good club. I wouldn't say that if it wasn't true and it's not just because I'm in there and work work with them um but it's a it's a great event so try to come out um i'll I'll be out there and then uh the next uh triathlon for dallas athletes racing is the caveman triathlon which is a a really fun event all those events are fun um but you know these this one will get you'll get folks out there dressed up as cavemen and which is nice captain caveman captain caveman and some folks come out there like the Flintstones or whatnot, and it's a it's a sprint event. Um, 
pool swim, super fun. So uh, check out DallasAthletesRacing.com um, for uh, for that registration. Um, so that's all we have for this week. Uh, the last little plug is uh, the uh, remember Derek from Facebook, the five K guy. No, remember the the guy who's going to run a five K like from Kansas City, the big guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He agreed to be on the podcast. No kidding. Yes. How so, awesome is that? Working out of time. Um, I can't wait to talk to him. His story is unbelievably cool. He was on another podcast already, a, a pretty good one. Uh, for back of the pack is what it's called, but um, I don't care. But I want to. I want to talk to him and see what makes yeah. him tick and yeah. how things are going for him. So uh, stand by for that. I was literally uh, messaging with him this morning to schedule some time for it. So uh, we, I hope to hook up with him this week and get it out by the end of the week. So we'll have to bump Lance Armstrong for it. But yeah, yeah, Lance, I've got a note out to Lance, and he's not <laughs> for some reason he's not picking up. Um, but uh, guys, I really appreciate the support. We're uh, I can't believe the the following that we have. I think we're up to like thirty five thousand downloads, and this is like the fourteenth episode, which is like fourteen weeks. Uh, I, I had no idea. I didn't think anybody would listen. I just wanted to do it because it sounded like a good idea and fun. You're running out of content though. We're gonna have to come up with something. We're gonna nah, do. man. There's always interesting people <laughs> out there. Maybe it's be a little sick of hearing me talk, but uh, anyway. We'll talk to you guys later in the week. Really appreciate the uh, the following. Leave your reviews on iTunes and Stitcher if you can. It really helps out. And remember, uh, we are still giving away a Garmin Vivo Fit. So uh, get out there and do that. I'm going to draw that like in the next week or so. So um, get out there to iTunes. Uh, I'll put the link in the show notes. Leave a review. And uh, you could win a, a Garmin Vivo Fit activity band, which is kind of cool. So, All right, guys. Talk to you soon. Have a good one.